What if it's not about a building? What if it's not about stained glass or steeples? What if it's about just Jesus? All right, well, let's get this thing started. So we got AP with us today. AP, thanks for coming in, man. Are it's we on? in already? Yeah, this is it. I didn't know we were on. I didn't even say hello or how you doing or here we go. But I think it's better that way. Okay. Yeah. Thank y'all for having me, man. Yeah. Man. I'm glad to to be in the house. The Just Jesus family, what's up? This is going to be fun. That's it, man. So I, I met you at Just Jesus. You do the uh, the keys for him? Yep. Man. He's a professional. So how'd you meet Corey? Um, well, his drummer introduced me to Corey. Yeah. Uh, seems like y'all y'all needed a keyboard player one night. And the drummer, um, Trey Harris, great guy as well. Yes, he, he um, reached out to me. I was able to make some things work for the Tuesdays because we were still doing it on Tuesday nights at that time. That's right. Yeah. So uh, ever since then, man, me and Corey's been like brothers, man. Man, we're like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. That's one thing with Corey, man. When you meet him. Like, you either really like him or you don't like him. I, yeah. I guess it could go either way, but... Yeah. I mean, personally, I think it would have been good if we'd have just said, when you meet Corey, you really like him. That's it. <laughs> we didn't but have to take it anywhere I don't else. think there's... It, you are you. Like, you're so genuine. You either really like it or you don't. Yeah, and I don't really understand that, because you're exactly right. In my whole life, ministry, even in the ministry, the... the the preaching, anything, either people absolutely like love it or they absolutely despise it. You know what, though? That just means that you're doing something right. You're not trying to meet and greet and make the best with everybody. Like you are you and take it or leave it. Yeah. And I had to get to that point. And yeah. like we all have to get to the point to where you don't care what people think. That's that's really what to me, makes a great Christian when it's all about God. It's all about knowing how to follow him and whatever anybody thinks, you know, just let the chips fall where they may. It is. AP, have you spent your whole life in church? Man, I feel like I, uh, I tell, tell people this on a weekly basis. I literally grew up on church pews. Okay. I said that too. Literally grew up on church. (laughs) I wasn't under him. I wasn't as bad as Corey. I was a little more. I was a little more well behaved, but I literally grew up on church pews, man. So you know, church is all I know. Yeah, man, that's it's, that's incredible. You know, it's it's really all I know. It's the environment that I was raised in, and I was brought up in, and I was reared in, and um, you know, it's it's kind of uh, I guess full circle. Uh, that, you know, that's what I spend the majority of my my time now doing, yeah. ministry in one facet or another. Man, it, it's got to just blow your mind for someone, like for me to come in and tell my story, or even Savannah last week mm-hmm. telling her testimony. Man, it's just got to be so different for you, and, and Corey, you too, just to, to realize like this, there's people that live so different than what you guys lived. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um and it's 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 fascinating, you know. A lot of times, uh, when people go through certain things in life, bad things, and I know I've I've wondered many times, like, man, I wonder how people get through it without without a relationship with God. Like, I wonder yeah. how people get through tough things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's people doing it every day, you know. They haven't been 
they haven't been uh, ministered to, like Corey ministered to you, and you know they haven't had the gospel shared with them. They haven't been invited in, you know. So that's a good thought, man. It's a lot of people out there, but that really was an enlightening to me of how people can be churched like myself and AP your whole life, but you never even think about getting down to a simple, simple level to be able to introduce the gospel to somebody that's never been around it. And that that was difficult for me. I don't know how AP would feel about that, but you just, when you have been around it your whole life and just to simplify it, and when I say simplify, it's kind of crazy because all I'm talking about is really all people need to know is Jesus. I mean, that's really all they know. Once you get Jesus, he connects you to every resource because he is the source. I feel like you definitely can't get there until you're ready. So Savannah, diving into you just a little bit, Mm -hmm. where have you came from last week? Oh my goodness. So, you know, because we, we she, talked about it. we she's got preaching, man. Right. Yeah, we got talked about, you know, we talked about getting baptized and all of those things. And it's just a life-changing feeling. Just the way I wake up every day and kind of look at everything, it, it feels different. And I know that kind of sounds crazy, especially no. I would have thought that a couple sounds of weeks ago. Awesome. Sure, you feel different or things look different, but it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel lighter. So are, are you still growing your relationship with God, or like working daily to, to make that better? Yeah, I'm, I'm finding myself more praying, you know, I mean, and that was something that I always felt so uncomfortable or strange about doing because I thought, can I really do that? Because I don't know how I feel, but yeah, like I, I'm praying daily That's so and awesome. just about random things and not even, you know, asking for something, but just as a comforting thing. It almost seems silly to me, too, to talk to something that you can't see and, and talk to them like a friend and like a father. Man, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's definitely hard. And then I guess knowing now, I, I'm, I'm not always going to get that. You're not going to get that audible answer, but you're going to get that feeling or the sign, I guess, that you need when you are praying for actually something. I mean... That's, that's and, still and a struggle that I'm finding. And you can get more and more, even, uh, you'll get more revelation as you go, even understanding in more of depth how to talk to God and how God talks to you. And it's something that you're continuously growing closer to God, closer to God, closer to God. And like what you said is the key to everything as a Christian praying, praying and talking to God. That's the, to me, that's the number one thing that you would do to show your faith. Pray. You're sitting there praying to an invisible thing. How much greater of a a way to display your faith? You know what I'm saying? Well, and speaking of praying, AP, we're probably going to blow your mind here um, because we're going to get down to the deep roots of praying and, and Jesus because and there's so many things that I still don't understand. Um, one of those being, like when we do pray, we, we don't pray to Jesus. Um, we, we pray to God and we do that through Jesus, which I want you to explain that, Corey, in just a moment. Yeah. It's so hard to understand when you're first coming into this, the difference in the New Testament and the Old Testament. 
Right. And all that kind of links together. And AP, that's just something that's that's just natural to you, right? You probably never even thought about it. Yeah, I'm sure this is nothing that's going to blow AP's mind, nothing we're going to talk about. No, I don't don't think that's that's true because the same way we can read a Bible verse and it has one meaning on the surface level of it, once you meditate on it and you really dive into, you know, the different translations and stuff, you get totally, totally new uh, perspectives, paradigms, or whatever that verse is really saying. So, uh, you know, yeah, I've grown up in church and been in church almost 34 years my whole life, but it's a lot of things that I don't know. I'm learning, you know, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say I have an edge up. Congratulations on your baptism as well. I wouldn't necessarily say I have an edge up, so to speak, quote unquote, on someone who's just coming in to, to, to believe in, um, you know, we're, we're all learning. We're all growing. Yeah. You know? so I have a question. You know, we're talking about praying and I was thinking about how I always start a prayer because it's how I heard someone else start a prayer. Is there the right way to pray? No. Do you have to start it, you know, dear Heavenly Father or, you know, and that's what I've always done it that I mean, way because. I've heard people say, what's up, bro? You know, just another day coming to you to share our relationship and talk about what's been going on. I mean, man, God, I don't think God cares. All he wants is, I've said this before, my little one-year-old, when he comes in a room, he don't know how to talk. But he talks in his own way, and I understand it because that's my son, and I love it anytime he comes to me to show me any attention. And that's the way the Heavenly Father is. So, But if you're at a restaurant or you're in front of a crowd, what is the preferred, mm-hmm. like, acceptable way to pray? Usually it's like she said. I mean, most people start out, Father. Heavenly Father, right? You know, and and you you start thanking God for, you know, this food, and you thank God for your friends, and you thank God for, you know, being gathered together and the hands that prepared it. I've heard a lot of people mm-hmm. pray that, uh, you know, and please use this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Right, and those things, all those things you just named, yeah, man, those are the things that make me nervous about praying in public because I don't know them. And see, God doesn't want that because right. God knows what you know, and that's what He's holding you accountable for, or AP or Savannah. He He knows what you know. You He doesn't ask Savannah to pray like somebody else. He asks Savannah to pray like Savannah prays. Well, the thing is, I could have prayed with the best of them. I mean, (laughs) I could have said the most perfect prayer that you would think that any Christian woman could say, because that's what I've heard everybody do. But it didn't feel genuine because that's that's not me and that's not who I am. Come on. I mean, I could have given you a great prayer, but, (laughs) you know, so it's okay to, I guess, do it how I feel comfortable. Yes, it is. And and Jesus even talked about the 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 spiritual leaders and the Jewish customs and the Pharisees standing out in the alleys and stuff with their big long trains and their kingly apparel and they would pray these big long prayers and like he literally reproved them for that. So A Pete, do you pray the same way every time when you pray? Oh, absolutely not. 
Oh, Absolutely good. not. And I, I was going to say, uh, just to sort of piggyback on what Corey had mentioned, you know, pray your prayer because um, if you're praying someone, if you're praying Corey's prayer, that's insincere. Yeah, that's yeah, know, that's it, not. Yeah. It's, it's 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 ingenuine, and mm-hmm. um, you know, God, He might reproach us for that. We might yeah. be reproved for that. How how if you don't mind me asking, if you was going to pray, how do you start out the prayer? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just, you know, dear God. Yeah. It's almost like you, I'm starting off a letter or something. I, I like And I'm not it. even yeah. a, I'm not even necessarily a poetic person like that. Yeah. It's just yeah. dear God, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah. Well, God uh, talks about in his word, he, he talks about giving his children the spirit of adoption and making all of us his and whereby we would cry unto him, Abba, Father. And in the Jewish or the Hebrew, Abba is just like saying Daddy or Dad. And so he wants it to be so real with us. He don't need no, you know, bells and whistles. Just, I just, I just need your heart. That's yeah, the it. Lord's Prayer, Our Father. That's how it starts off. Our Father. I think that's what he likes the most. I think when we when we come to him, Father, you know, Father, I need you, Father, 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 Father. We are he is our Father. And Corey, I just kind of overheard somebody say this once and we talked about it the other day. We never actually address Jesus when we're praying, right? Right, right, right. See, I always finish with in Jesus' name we pray. And that's right. Uh, I got a verse here that's... It's confusing. I'm with you. That's right. (laughs) See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And everything that we do, if we are walking with Jesus in us, we're walking with Jesus in us, then we're walking with the Holy Spirit in us. We're walking with a heavenly host in us. We're walking with the kingdom in us. We're walking with God the Father in us. And we're walking with all that. But the only way we have that is the access of Jesus. So I I told um, Stephen, it, it's a lot like, it. have you ever been to like Ripley's Aquarium? And you're walking through the, what, what would you even call that? You know, the, the, clear, water tunnel. the clear glass, the, the hallways where you can see the water all around. Literally... That's what Jesus is like. He is like that glass hallway leading us through this world into heaven as a portal to God. We're not, we're not speaking without Jesus. We are speaking through Jesus to the Father, and that is our access. Jesus said, I am the door. So when you speak to God, Jesus is the access. So everything you do, let me read this verse here in Colossians 3.17. It says, and this is really amazing. I I may have read this before, but I, I couldn't remember when. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, listen to that. Every every single thing you would do, whatever it is, whether in word or in deed, do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him, 
Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Every single thing you do. If God does a miracle through you, if you, if you were to pray for somebody and they were healed, uh, like the apostles, uh, the apostle Paul, he laid his hands on people, the blind people, the sick people, the lame people. In Jesus' name, there were so many miracles done. When you pray, when you thank God, in Jesus' name, because we have none of that without going through. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Going back to the prayer, we use Jesus as a portal to access God. Exactly right. It's your only way to get to God. And and that's what you were using with the analogy from the aquarium, right? Yes. Yeah, the the tunnel of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the water would like represent the world. Okay, yeah. And this portal you're walking through, it's Jesus. Wow. It's like a bridge right through... Like it's funny the the old song AP you probably tear this up on the organ <laughs> like a bridge over troubled water yeah I will lay me down that, that song is all about Jesus like he is the access he's the portal through the world from earth to heaven okay so when we pray we're actually praying just to God is it belittling to him if we mention Jesus or how does that work I don't think he cares. Okay, so there's not a right or wrong. It's just a preferred. No, and honestly, we need a starting point. Okay. You know? Yeah. Because people don't know. So we start here, and this is, you know, how we would go about it, and we would start talking to the Father, and you end every prayer in Jesus' name. See, I had that one already. And not not just any, not just prayer, but anything you do, anything you say, any, anything in your life that you do, any decision you make, lean not to your own understanding, the Bible says, but in everything you do, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So every single thing we do, we do it through Jesus and it all is directed toward the Father, and God has already sanctioned that because Jesus is on it. Man, and it's I like was about stamp. to say, we need an instruction manual for this because, you know, people don't talk about it, but I guess we have one. You just have to read through the whole thing and cipher through what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah. It's called the Bible, right? Yes. <laughs> that's, our, that's our manual. For every single thing in life, if you read that Bible, if you read it, you don't have to read it from Genesis to Revelation. If you just start reading, if you read the Proverbs and you read in Psalms and you can start anywhere, you can start in the New Testament. But if you make it a point in your bucket list to read the Bible, you'll get answers in that thing that will give you... Have you read the whole Bible? Probably more than... Once or twice. Or... What about you, AP? I haven't. And I read a lot, but I've never read the whole Bible. Yeah. Man, you have a, a rich history in, in all this as well. If you have a different opinion or a different thought, man, put it out there. Uh, but I was I was just going to say what Corey was sort of saying, you know, sort Jesus is sort of our intermediary. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, uh, he's kind of the uh, the glue almost mm-hmm. from here That's to good. Heaven. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's real good. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is good. It's a lot of people that join churches and 
join ministries and they get uh they get invited into auxiliaries within ministries um but none of them have really been instructed on how to pray mm-hmm. that's right i could go to church every sunday for months maybe years and never know how n- never know a basic never know that's right basic and it's not that because you know coming in fresh it's, you may not even know like well how do i even ask how to pray Mm-hmm. Like, right. how do I even ask that question? Like, that's that's beautiful. And most people wouldn't ask. They wouldn't. They're afraid to ask afraid. it because they don't even know. Like, well, how I'm new to this. So how do I even ask how to do one of the most? Should I be embarrassed? Yeah. yeah. You know, and if I'm embarrassed or if I, if I really don't know, then I'm definitely not going to ask and let anybody hear how ignorant I am because I don't know how to pray. That's They're the waiting way on feel. Stephen and I to ask those questions because we have right. no problem. <laughs> but no, that's that's awesome, though. Really, <laughs> yeah. Um, my people perish for the lack of understanding, knowledge. Yeah, you know? come on. You you got it's, it's certain things that need to be instructed on, need to be taught, and I feel like just today, just now, this conversation, prayer is a big thing. It's, oh, it's huge. Man, that's yeah, good. That's, that's one that's thing good. we can do by ourselves all the time. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I've told Corey when we first met, imagine if you've made a million peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in your life. And I come to you and I've never made one. And I said, hey, how do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? This is one of the greatest things Man, I've You would ever just say, heard. dude, you get the jelly and the peanut butter and put it on the bread, right? No, I would just say, man, you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's it. Right. And that's, that's the way most people who's been in church their whole life look at prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you break it down, like, you know, you get the bread out, you have to set it on the plate and still, you where do you go get the, the bread? pantry? Right. All you, those you, things. You got to go to the, the drawer and, and get a butter knife or whatever. You got to, all those details. I didn't even really ever think about it until he said that. And I was like, what do I you like mean? Awesome. You just I like that. Yeah. I really like that. And I think that's not just with prayer. There's so many things with the ministry that happen and, and go on that, that we can relate to that. Because, man, I know I knew nothing. And, and luckily, I've had Corey's ear for a year now, and I've learned a lot. But, man, there's so much. And we're always learning. Yeah. And for anybody that hears this and anybody that's listening, I would love to say to you that in, in John, the 14th chapter, in, it's Jesus actually speaking. And, and last week we talked about what the red letters were, which they were being the words of Jesus. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It doesn't matter what you don't know. It doesn't matter that you've never been churched. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to pray. None of that matters. Don't be afraid to ask don't be afraid to say what you don't know because God is such a loving, caring, merciful God. And I'd like to read this verse here uh, to go along with what we've been talking about. 1 Timothy 2.5 There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That that's good. Mm-hmm. That just kind of wraps everything that we've said up in a nice little ball. He's the middleman. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing, and you don't have to worry about. I'll say this, and I guess until I die, don't ever be afraid of what you don't know. He will send you the people. He will send you the resources. He will send you everything you need to learn at 
only the pace that you would learn at. Don't, don't compare yourself to nobody else or what they know. It's about you and him in that relationship. That's all that matters to God. And, and, and I spent months trying to figure out the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament. Exactly, yeah. So in, in the Old Testament, it was, it was crazy because we started out with Ten Commandments on two slates of stone where Moses was the only one that could literally go up on the top of the mountain and talk to God, if we're just keeping it real simple. And he gave Moses those Ten Commandments, five on one slate of stone and five on the other, of, you know, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not covet, steal, lie. And the thing is, people didn't have the knowledge of sin. They didn't know what sin was. They didn't tell me what I can't do. Show me boundaries like a child. When, when that child is growing up, you have to say, hey, you can't go off the sidewalk. Or, hey, you, you can't go too deep in the woods. You know, there's, there's dangerous things out there. You, you have to set boundaries. And so all of those Ten Commandments of the Law of Moses, or what they would call the Old Testament, turned into 613 laws that men could not keep. It was impossible. It was impossible, and man was being killed all the time because when you would break a law, that could be your life immediately, or you could lose a limb, or who knows, whatever their customs were. But then the new covenant came along. Oh, and by the way, maybe once a week, once a day, once a month, once a year, they literally done sacrifices of animals to get make that the pardon for their sins and to get forgiveness from God. But the thing about the Old Testament is you could get forgiveness, but you couldn't get internal cleansing. You could only get forgiveness until you went on again just to make another mistake after another mistake. And then God said, you know what? Uh, this ain't working. For humanity, this ain't working. I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do a new covenant. I'm going to give my people a new beginning. And it's through Jesus. And Jesus came along with the new covenant of grace, and he became the eternal sacrifice for every single sin that man would have ever created or committed. And the Bible said, by his stripes, we are healed. So by Jesus, you believing in him, you calling on him, everything that you ever done in your life, every sin, it doesn't matter if you've been a drunkard. It doesn't matter if you've been an addict. It doesn't matter if you've done the most God-awful things that you could ever imagine and wouldn't ever want to tell anybody. God can wipe that away in the snap of a finger and not only wipe it away, but forget about it. God does that. Everything. Every single thing. That's so hard to to grasp. And it's hard for you, and it's hard for me, and it's hard for AP, it's hard for Stephen, but it's very simple for God because he asked for one method to wash it all away, and it's Jesus. Jesus Christ is the remission of our sins. He is the ultimate sacrifice. 
He was, Isaiah said, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So everything we ever deserved and every sin that we would have ever committed and every bad thing that we would have ever done, God took all of his wrath and indignation on that day on Golgotha's hill, and he poured it out on his only son and bankrupt heaven for us. Would you say that if someone had just enough time to read a little bit of the Bible, would you tell them to start with the New Testament or the Old Testament? I would tell them to uh, probably start in the Old Testament as far as the book of Proverbs is just a lot of teachings and instruction, and especially about life. And then Psalms is uh, King David. It's all about basically his songs. (laughs) He literally sang a lot of those verses that you read and uh but honestly you can start out anywhere yeah it, it really doesn't matter if you want to start at genesis and you you want to read so many chapters a day to revelation you can or you can start out in the new testament honestly god doesn't care about that like ap said uh he he hadn't read it all yet. I don't think God cares if you read the whole Bible. I don't I don't think he what what I think God cares about is I I asked the question the last time I've, I've asked it a, a many many times. What if like AP like what if we know all about the Bible? Say we could quote it from front to back and we'd read it twenty fifty a hundred times. We know all about the Bible but we know nothing about Jesus. Uh, it's like, it's like learning how to do a podcast, but never doing a podcast. Come on. That's right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like learning how to do it and buying all the equipment and stuff, but never doing it. Yeah. It's like making a cheeseburger, but without the cheese. Right. Yeah. I it, mean, it's literally, it's pointless. It, you can't get into heaven by knowing the Bible. Yeah. Let me say that again. You cannot get into heaven by knowing the Bible. See, that's where I had it all wrong in the beginning. I thought that, you know, we talked about this on the first time I was on. I thought I had to have all the answers before I could commit. See, people need and to hear this. I, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. And then my next thing was, was, what if you know the whole Bible, but you don't know Jesus? But now let's turn it around. What if you know Jesus and you have a relationship with him, but you don't know nothing about the Bible? Well, that's 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 what was uh, I was going to say next was, um, you know, it's, it's not about knowing the Bible front to back. It's about knowing God. It's about having that relationship. Man, that's it. You know, it doesn't really matter having a relationship with all the chapters of the Bible front and back, knowing it, you know, like the back of your hand. But you don't even know who is. Yeah, about. exactly. You don't even yeah. know. You so. think about people you know, like celebrities, Savannah. You think about some celebrities you know about. You may be able to give us like several, several facts about them. And even people might think like, wow, man, you know a lot. But do we really know that person, know that person? Mm. What's it like with Jesus It'd be one thing to read a lot about his word or read his whole book, 
but not really have a relationship with the author. That's right. And it would be pointless. But think of how much more you can get when you actually have connection to the author of the thing. I get so discouraged sometimes and I have to stop myself when I think about, you know, you can quote all the scripture or you talk about these different, you know, stories in the Bible and I don't know them. Yeah, you, you will. We're going to cover those here. But yes, as of right now, you don't. Exactly. You're right. I don't know them or I don't know some of these people that you're talking about. Well, and I have to think, oh, my gosh, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you should. And, and Stephen got on to me all over me for reprove me <laughs> to the dirt once because I'm just kidding. But he did kind of say once I was preaching and I do it a lot and preachers do it. And if any preacher is listening, please do not do this. <laughs> Don't start a message and say somewhere in that message. This is the story I'm talking about, and I'm sure you all know it. And then you don't even go into it. Don't assume that Mm -hmm. anybody knows how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Amen. That's right. 100%. So so even if you're not going to talk about the story and go in depth, Don't say that. Don't say, I know everybody knows this story, because they don't. And if they do, then we're really not doing our jobs to get out into the streets and the byways and the hedges to compel them to come in, that God said, my house should be filled. So this is where it's at with people that don't know nothing. That's what God wants. Man, and pivoting off of that, AP, you'll get a kick out of this being a a music guy, but he was telling me about just Jesus when we met, and man, the first thing you do, you go Google it, right? You look it up on Facebook, and all I saw was a night of worship. <laughs> that was I thought, fun. man, what is that? That sounds intimidating. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. He, what does that even look like? <laughs> he actually told me, and it really, it really bumfuzzled me. Like he said, man, that that's kind of uh, intense. Yeah, that's kind of that <laughs> word that that. He said, that word is kind of intense that you used. And I said, what word are you talking about? And he said, worship. And I was just like, man, I don't even know what else to use. I mean, really, I've never even thought said, about that. I said, no, but like, really, what does it look like? You know, is everybody just laying down, praying or on their knees or what is it? What is that? He said, no, man, that's just the music. Everybody's handling snakes in there. But that's the stuff that's going uh, no, through our heads when yeah. we have no clue. I know. You know that was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, I had no idea. No, but uh, seriously, that's the kind of stuff that most people would say, oh, I'm not going to say that. You know, like Stephen, like I love having Stephen in my life because he is not afraid to say, you know, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Or I don't know the story you're saying. So, so please don't say that because I don't know what you're talking about. And you know, why do you use this word? Or why do you use that word? Because I I don't know what that word means. And, and frankly, it sounds very intense. And so, (laughs) so I just, I love that. And I need that in my life to be a better disciple. We all need that to be uh, better disciple makers. Man, and you've said it a million times. Iron sharpens iron. Boom. I We all, yes. AP, have you that. ever heard somebody say that they didn't know what worship means or they were intimidated by the word? Uh, well, I was going to say, I think that that's like a perfect analogy for 
um, how we was just talking about to know the Bible front to back, but not know Jesus or not know God, you know, because, you know, Corey, you learned worship. That's right. No clue what it meant, though. Yeah. So, you know, okay, worship, what's that, you know? But because you have a relationship with Corey, you can go straight to him and say, hey, help me get an understanding for what worship is. That's how our relationship is with God. You know, we can read all this stuff and not know anything about it. But because we have a relationship with him, he can give us understanding on what it is we're actually reading. Help us to sort of apply it to our lives. Make it practical, make it pragmatic so that it's not like gibberish. Because a lot of the Bible seems like gibberish. That's right. Oh, that's yep. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I say too, this this would be a great time to just insert this here. You hear it a lot. Hey, we're gonna have a a night of worship and praise. And Dude, we're, I, I stayed far away from those things. That just sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you did past tense. You did. You, yeah, you that don't... sounds that sounds intimidating. I'm so. with you. I was like, mm, I don't think I want to be a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> so worship is. Literally just reverencing, acknowledging that God is God. He is the creator of all things. And it's, it's like if you, were, if you were looking at a beautiful sunset and just acknowledging the beauty and standing in awe of it, that's worship. That's all worship is. God just wants us to know as the creature that we stand in awe of the creator and praise is just simply standing in thanks. It's a posture of thanks and giving thanks to him. When you, when you see people raise their hands, even, I mean, I've seen all types of things when people just close their eyes, when people bow their heads, when you, when you bow down to your knees uh, all these things are just tools of praise, and that's 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 what it is. When we when we say let's worship, God loves worship. God loves praise, and that is some of the greatest things that we can do to enhance our relationship with Him and see Him through, like AP said, from a different perspective. Lastly, about the whole relationship thing uh, versus reading the Bible stuff. Um, in Proverbs, it says, like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the yeah. beginning of understanding. And the fear, when it's saying the fear, it's not being afraid of God. Like, I'm terrified of it. It's like, how are you saying? You know, like, reverencing God, standing in awe of him. Yeah. You got to do that through a relationship. That's right. You know, mm -hmm. so. And you're exactly right because a lot of people talk about that word fear and they use it with God. And many people really like terrified fear God. But that is exactly through especially Jesus and this new covenant, the New Testament, the new grace thing that he does not want us to do. He does not want us to fear him. He wants us to love him. He doesn't want us to serve him because of fear that if we don't, he'll do something bad to us or he'll smite us from his holy throne. No, he doesn't want that. He wants us to love him because he's so good. 
every one of us, our our natural dads, you know, I, right now, I don't want my kid, I don't want my kid to fear me. I want my kid to love me because they feel me loving them. But isn't a little fear healthy? <laughs> you know, you got to have a little fear. You you can have it, and and you you can definitely use it. The Bible even talks about some people are saved by compassion, and some were saved by fear. Mm-hmm. Like if you really wanted to make people fear, uh, they think you're using fear ta- fear tactics. But I could say right now that not one of us in this room right now know that in the next ten minutes, if we're going to live. Mm-hmm. The next five minutes, the next minute, we don't have that promise. And that's why it's so important to make the decision today, as God said, choose this day who you will serve, whether you serve God or yourself or the world, or but choose, make, make your calling and election sure, choose Jesus and make him your savior so you know that when you leave this world at any moment that you're not promised you'll be with Jesus for eternity. I love that. And I know I was afraid you have to jump through all these hoops. You have yes. to do, there's no time limit or time frame that you have to, you know, meet all these goals before you can accept. Exactly. Got into your heart. The way you're talking, the way you see it now, the way God has revealed it to you is so beautiful. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be. He He wants you just to move as you feel convicted in your heart. You He wants you to move and draw close to Him. And every time you take a step toward Him, He said, if you draw close to me, I will draw close to you. That's the way it works. He doesn't draw close to us unless we first draw close to him. And people say, well, why do I got to move first? Why do I got to make the first step? (laughs) The Bible makes it plain for the most quoted verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. This is why, because God made the first move and God first loved us. He sent his only son that whoever would believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. 2,000 years ago, on a rugged wooden cross, he was nailed by his hands and his feet to be the eternal sacrifice for me and for you. And now it's our move. And every time we draw close to him, he draws close to us. That's perfect. AP, thanks for coming in, man. You've got an open invitation here anytime. We, uh, we really enjoyed having you. Thank you all for inviting me. Hey, maybe sometime we can uh, have AP play a little, you know, little keys, Dude, man. Be Tickle phenomenal. them ivories, man. That, I feel like we need a theme song coming in. We that's, need to, that's what we need. <laughs> we need Plenty some. of music, man. Hey. Just let me know. We, this, yes. We got to make that happen. Yep. Yeah. I like Plenty it. It's happening. Music.